fun, faith, and family. Every morning I listen to you guys. Everything you play is absolutely amazing. The radio station I listen to every morning. Mornings with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood on CHVN. We're talking with Beth Wilton this morning, set to retire from Youth for Christ Winnipeg after a long Long time. Beth, uh, how long have you been there? How did you wind up working at Youth for Christ Winnipeg? Well, I've been here for 41 years. So, um, How I ended up being here was, I guess, I, I had a, a call on my life years ago. I, I don't think I would have called it a call then. I wouldn't have known that's what you called it. <laughs> um, but to work with what we called troubled youth back then. Um, so um, I, I, yeah, I always enjoyed working with the kids that were the, you know, the trouble ones in the group, the rowdy ones, the, uh, you know, rebellious ones. Um, so I looked for an organization that worked with that kind of youth and uh, Youth for Christ came up. I hadn't really heard much about them, but uh, uh, I applied and they accepted me and the rest is history. <laughs> so who hired you? Do you remember? Like, was it John Courtney then back then? Yes, and- yes it was John Courtney. Yep. He was the executive director then. So what were those early days like uh, 41 years ago? So like 1980, what was that like back then? You're good at math. That's good. Um, (laughs) Well, we were much smaller staff. When I started, there was about six people on staff. Um, Now there's 60 to 70, something like that. Um, We were in a much smaller building, of course, than our new building on Higgins and Main, the Center of Excellence. Um, I had to raise a lot less money for my salary. My starting salary was about $11,300. I think that was gross for the gross amount for the year. Uh, So it's it's gone up considerably since then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and probably one of the biggest things was that I had no clue what I was doing. Hmm. Because I came from middle class, stable, loving home, fairly sheltered. I'm white, you know, and the first thing I did was work in a housing development, a big, large housing development in the city here. Um, So I was encountering Indigenous kids, which I hadn't really before, not much at any rate. Um, I Poverty, lifestyles that I never encountered in my life. Um, And I had no clue what I was doing. So that's just funny. Like we worked together. You were my boss when I worked for Youth for Christ for a summer in the North End and You admit you had no idea what you were doing, whereas you remember Mike Tom, he thought he had it all figured out, right? But (laughs) you were good, and I don't know what I'm doing, so how do you handle that? Like, you just prayed and just gave her, or what? Yeah, you you learn. You learn by trial and error. Yeah, basically. I mean, YFC did training, but not a lot in those days. They're much better at the training now, but uh, I had some some really good mentors and leaders uh, that, that helped me walk through it, so... um. You mentioned like having to raise your own funds and stuff. Like, do any stories of God's provision come to mind over the last 41 years, or whether it's for your own funds or something else in ministry? Well, you know, that it is. I mean, the as you say, we have to um, raise our our salaries basically at Youth for Christ, and that is a way that God has provided it. It's it truly is amazing. For 41 years, I had my salary provided. And then thing, and even on top of that, like conferences, training, resources, um, it really is quite amazing to see, you know, what he's done in that area. There were three times where um, I was didn't have quite enough. Um, YFC covered it the last couple of years when that happened. But the first year I got a short paycheck a little bit, you know, but the last two times God just provided miraculously. It was just truly amazing. Um, so, you know, I, in some ways I, I, I choose to live that way if I could again, because it's so cool to see what God does. 
when when you least expect how he's going to do it, of course he's like that. So right. Um, probably the ways he's provided for me too is is through some of the my ministry partners and just other people who have been such a tremendous, um, you know, they've given uh, support financially, prayerfully, um, but also tons of other ways. Um, you know, they've uh, encouraged me and given me advice and fed me and visited me and sent me notes and cards. And they've become my friends. My church um, has been just brought a lot of love and balance into my life. So, I mean, that, I think that's God's provision as well to help yeah. me last 40, 41 years, you know. That's so, such an important reminder too. Maybe even for us, if we're not in ministry, but we can be those people to uh, to others that are in ministry, right? We can be that yeah, supporter, sure. the encourager, the prayer partner. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I could tell. Do you want me to tell just a couple kids stories? Where... Yeah, I was going to ask. Like forty-one yeah, okay. years in ministry, you must have seen God at work in some young people's lives. Hey, <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple times. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, Alice and I got off to a bit of a rocky start because she slapped me. Um, she was, and I didn't know her that well. She was 12 years old. Um, so my, my coworker and I were trying to figure out how, what kind of a punishment do we give her, if that's the right word, because if we banned her for a week or a day or whatever, she wouldn't come back. We just learned that kids don't come back yeah. once they, they say, okay, you're out of here for the day, you know, whatever. Um, so we decided her punishment would be to meet with me for lunch once a week for about two months. Um, and of course she got a free lunch out of the deal. So she didn't mind doing that. Not that there was any bribery involved in that at all. So, (laughs) um, but you know what, we talked about everything and anything. And today we are the best of friends because of that time together. I was going to say, Alice sounds familiar. I've heard you mention that name before. So it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today she's like 27 and she just graduated college, uh, where she's been trained as an accountant and a pay in, in payroll administration. Um, so we, when in our time together, we, she did become a, a believer and we did Bible study together, but unfortunately she's not living for the Lord now, but, uh, um, I know he's not going to give up on her. And, um, I just, I would never have guessed that scrappy 12 uh, year old girl who would take anybody on, um, would overcome so much and come so far in her life. You know, she's, she's going to get a job and it's just amazing to see this progress in her life. Um, another, um, Another youth would be Fiona. Um, She was one of the very first kids that I worked with. And um, there were many destructive things that happened in her life um, that caused just tons of trauma. And she was never really able to overcome that trauma. Um, But we had many, many discussions about Jesus. And uh, one day I was visiting her in the hospital and she told me that a light had just gone on and she finally realized and knew that Jesus was the way. So just on her own, nobody else was present. She uh, invited him into her life and um, she was so convicted. I, rem- I will never forget that visit. She was just so convicted that Jesus was the way. And I, I can say with sh- full assurance that she fell in love with Jesus that day. Um, unfortunately, her life did not reflect it. Um, she still continued to struggle with addiction. Um, but at times she'd end up in the hospital and then I'd go visit her and we'd do a Bible study together and we'd pray together. And, and, you know, she, I remember her saying, how come I feel so much peace when we talk about Jesus, you know, and she was just so hungry for him. Um, so she ended up dying before Christmas of COVID-19. Uh, she was one of the casualties and, and a part of me is, is, I don't know, kind of thankful that she's with Jesus and, and finally has peace and finally is experiencing the full love that he has for her. But of course, a part of me is really sad that she's gone. 
But uh, it's, it was truly am- amazing to see her experience Jesus at times. Um, and we know that um, there's a special place in God's heart for the, the poor and the downtrodden. Yeah. So she and was he, one of them. Yeah. And his grace, right? He understands, like, that's so special. Like you said, you know she fell in love with Jesus. She had a hard uh-huh. time living it out. But Jesus understands that then too, right? right? Yeah, and, for yeah. sure. Yeah, especially with the trauma. Hmm. Do you want one more story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Rita is now an elder in an indigenous church in the city here. And it brings me so much joy to see her role of being a role model to other women. um, And also just giving wise counsel to the leadership. Um, She was actually part of the, one of the first girls clubs uh, that I ran in that housing development that I spoke about earlier. She was 17 when she started attending and she noticed something um, right away about the leaders and she just really investigated it because she wanted it. And so it wasn't long before she became a believer and we did Bible studies together for a couple of years. And um, a few years later after that, I attended her wedding to a Christian man and, uh, but then they moved to the reserve and I lost contact with her for a number of years. And, uh, but about, I'd say about 15 years ago, she, um, we, we reconnected again and uh, she told me about all the difficult journeys she'd been through being a, a, a wife and a mother and living on the reserve. There was lots and lots of difficulties there. Um, but her faith through it all was just amazing. I was astounded to see her faith now. I mean, she didn't have me for years and her faith grew. How could that happen? <laughs> um, she had learned to trust Jesus and lean on him through these difficult times. And, you know, it, it's, I am envious of her faith. She just is so strong in her walk with Jesus now. That's oh. so cool. And it's, yeah, you get to watch those people you invest a little bit in, but then they take that and they just grow and grow, yeah. right? Isn't mm-hmm. that neat to to watch? Very neat, yeah. Now, 41 years of ministry, did you ever feel like giving up? I never feel like giving up. Hmm, I don't think so. Nice. You know, after my first year with YFC, I decided, I, I went off to Camp Cedarwood and, and said, okay, how do I like this job? Am I going to keep going? And I decided I'll give it five years and then I'll reassess it after that. Well, I never did. So I must've liked the job. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> um, I know that there were times when I was, you know, it was deeply agonizing and it was um, very frustrating with kids at times. Um, but I don't think I ever thought about giving up. Um, I think I, I've, I've learned. One of the things I've learned is that Jesus is always at work in youth lives. Um, so, um, so I didn't have to be afraid to talk about Jesus or open the door a little bit because I knew he was at work in their lives. So um, I just learned to open the door a crack and, and just see what happened. Um, yeah, that's one thing I've learned. Um, another thing um, is that I've learned, but well, I'm probably still learning it, to, to journey with kids, not try to help them. Uh-huh. Like lots of us come in to help. I want to help these kids, you know, I'm going to rescue um, them. I'm going to. Yeah. Right. And it's always puts you, it always puts you above them to come in and, and help come with the attitude of wanting to help. So I've, I've, I've learned a journey, but I just yesterday got so frustrated with the kid. So this frustration tells me, no, I'm trying to change that kid. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help that kid and they're not doing what I want them to do, you know, yeah. but, um, but I have learned like with, with, um, with Alice, the kid that slapped me, like she didn't want help, but she wanted someone to be there for her. She wanted someone to listen. She wanted someone to uh, support her sometimes, you know, a practically a practical ways, sometimes in emotional ways. Um, she wanted a listening ear. Uh, she didn't necessarily want help. 
So I think that, that she was a good person. She taught me a lot, um, just how to journey with her instead of trying to help her. Um, I really like that picture. And kids are much, that's, it's a side-by-side relationship then, right? And young people mm-hmm. are so open to talking and things like that when you're right. side by side instead of face to face often, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about right. driving in a car with a kid, they'll talk more than yeah, when you're staring right. them yeah, in the for eye. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. Do you, what do you say to other people in ministry then? Like that's great, uh, you know, 40 years of ministry and you never felt like this is it. I'm just going to quit. I'm not coming in Monday. So what do you say yeah. to other people struggling in ministry and feeling burnt out? Any advice or, or to anybody well, in ministry, no matter what they're feeling? Yeah. Um, I would say, um, um, I've said this before. I say this all the time, like establish the, the Sabbath day. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't start keeping that till just about 14 years ago, which I know sounds like a lot, but in 41 years, it's not really that much. Um, and uh, I'm very glad that I do it. It's just a different rhythm. It's a different, it's something to look forward to because it is a different rhythm and I do special things to make that day special. Um, so, and I just, it's renewing. And that's the whole point of the Sabbath day. I think it's, it's supposed to be re- renewing to you and in your relationship with God. And, and that's what I find it is. So I think if you're not keeping the Sabbath that day, that will certainly help you to in the long haul, you know, um, another thing I wish I'd learned earlier, um, that, that has really helped me is the, um, um, contemplative prayer. I wish I'd learned to do that earlier in my ministry. Like for me, that's just taking chunks of chunks of time to just sit quietly with the Lord and and let me fill him with his presence. Yeah, this is where I owe you the biggest apology and thank you, maybe, because I remember (laughs) you teaching it to us and I was like, I don't know about this. I might have been more vocal than that, maybe. (laughs) But now I enjoy it so much, right? And Mm. it's such a rich part of my faith life now that I'm older and wiser and yeah, it is a really yeah. so thank and it you. It wasn't it wasn't part of my tradition either. So it was weird at first too. Right? Yeah. Fact, I think I think I remember you walking around Kildona Park when you're supposed to be just praying to God and, and being quiet <laughs> with him and just with this frustrated look on your face. I think I remember that. Um, that sounds accurate. Yes, I remember that now. <laughs> um so when I do contemplative prayer, often I want guidance from the Lord or um oops, sorry. Uh or leading um and he rarely gives that of course instead what i get is just a, he fills me deeper with himself you know and how much he he just reassures me how much he loves me um how special i am to him that he's got it i can trust him so that's the advantage of contemplative prayer that we all need in our lives to keep us going uh, whether in ministry or not but really in ministry for sure I notice a lot of myself at times in ministry and other friends too when things get harder we often that's when you go further away from God, right? Instead of just uh-huh. running to him and letting him pour himself into you, we right. so often yeah. will turn away instead, sure. right? We're too busy to do it. <laughs> yeah, right? I got all these problems yeah. to fix. So how yeah. am I going to stop and listen? <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's one thing that we have done here at Youth for Christ and, and uh, is, is that every month, uh, not everybody, but many of us take a prayer date just to get refocused, just to give some of the weight away to God again. Um, just go off to St. Benedict's, which we won't be able to do anymore, but yeah. uh, something like that, just to, to have time away to, to read, to worship, to be quiet, to pray, whatever. So, What are you going to miss the most, do you think? Do you know? Have you thought about that uh, much? I don't know if I have. Yeah. Um, 
maybe the camaraderie around here, uh-huh. you know, like one of the reasons I worked at the office, or I mean, I worked at home for many months through the winter. Um, and then I came back because I thought, well, I'm missing the people here and I don't have that much longer with them. So I really wanted to, to be here to be with them again before nice. I go. Now, I didn't prep you for this question, but one thing that just came to mind is for as long as I've known you, at least you've lived in the North End. You've lived where you ministered. Why right. did you do that? Why is that important for you? Um, uh, well, you know, it wasn't always important. I ran from God for a couple of years from that. I said, I don't want to live in that area. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Another story. But anyway, um, I just felt like it was uh, maybe this is in hindsight now. I don't know why I wanted to do it then, except I just felt that's where God wanted me. But in hindsight now, I think it's um, uh, it's really important to be where the kids are um, because then you share life with them. And in our community in the North End, there's always something happening. Um, some of it's bad, some of it's good. But when it's bad, you can can you can journey with them and be sad and understand their sadness and just go through it with them. Um, when you come in and out of the area, it's different. Um, you know, they know that you're sharing life with them when you're there. Um, and the good times you can celebrate together, too. So. Nice. Well, 41 years of ministry. Do you have any idea how many different teenagers you ministered to the last four decades? (laughs) Not a clue. (laughs) Well, uh, job well done, Beth.